Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. We're chatting about how to get the most out of life and covering a ton of interesting topics. So there's sure to be something for just about everyone. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy and I'm really excited about the podcast topic this episode because we always focus on life improvement tips and I thought what better life improvement tip than how not to get murdered. Yeah, no one wants to be murdered. I don't know anybody who just wants to go and get murdered. No. But it does happen. So if you can stop it from happening, do it. And then before you think that this is all about, you know, serial killer, murder level stuff, there's some really great practical tips for the everyday, you know, whether you're going for a walk, driving in your car, what you can do to be safe at home or at work. So not just avoiding murders, but attacks and assaults. Just just being safe, really, because there are people out there who want to cause harm. And if you you can, you can like, you know, throw them the slip, then don't, then do it. And, I, you know, when I started researching this, I wondered whether or not there would be enough in in terms of interesting, unique topics that weren't already common sense. And I actually came across a lot of different tips that I hadn't really thought of. And I like to think of myself as an especially paranoid person who... You are. You, I would like to think <laughs> of you as that as well. You are especially paranoid. And that's, you know what, that's the right way to be. The reason this topic even came into my mind was, I was actually just a few weeks ago, we had Tropical Storm Elsa popping through uh, St. John, which is where we recorded a St. John, New Brunswick. And I was walking home from work and it was a torrential downpour. And because of the rain, there really wasn't a lot of people out on the street. Normally that time of day, it would be quite high Mm -hmm. traffic area that I would walk through, but there wasn't that particular day. And as I was walking home, I noticed a man sort of stumbling up one of the side streets toward me. And I could tell he was probably intoxicated or on something. And I crossed over to the other street and started walking down the street to where we live. And I had an umbrella and I, I quickly ripped out my earphones and he was yelling at me from the other side of the street. And I kept walking and and just looking straight ahead. And I actually carry a rape alarm with me. So I have my hand on that just in case I I needed to pull it. And it's really just yelling at you, though. He was actually yelling for a phone. Oh, for a phone. And he actually I don't know that he knew that I was female because Jeff and I have a communal raincoat. (laughs) Yeah, we have one raincoat that we share. We don't don't, go anywhere together when it's raining. No, we share one raincoat. (laughs) We are minimalists in a lot of a lot of ways, particularly when it comes to clothing. So I had this particularly big, bulky raincoat on. He kept yelling, "Hey, buddy! Hey, buddy! Can I use your phone?" But because he was so intoxicated, and it just it made me incredibly nervous. Even though it was broad daylight, rightfully so. uh, I just realized that this was something I wanted to research a little bit on and maybe share some tips that might help save somebody else down the road. Let's see what you found out. That's where it came about. Uh, I'm going to start with a quote for this episode, and it's just a short one. It's by Benjamin Franklin, and it's, Distrust and caution are the parents of security. Ooh, that's pretty heavy and deep. And some people say that those eight words are actually the the shortest security protocol or, or guide to security ever. Because really, we often want to trust people up front. But I think when we're in a situation with strangers or any any type of you know unknown territory distrust and caution are probably the things that are going to make sure you keep yourself safe absolutely 
Usually people have a pretty good barometer for things like that, I think. And after my my rain story, I had to come up with a definition for this episode. I thought to myself, what am I going to come up with for a definition for a murdery episode? (laughs) A murdery episode. (laughs) I couldn't come up with a murdery definition. So because my story that sort of uh, inspired the topic involved rain, I came up with this definition. I looked up pluviophile. Pluviophile. Pluviophile, and it's it's considered one of the most beautiful words in the English language. That was the listicle. It was underneath when I looked it up. It's true. And a pluviophile is a lover of rain, someone who finds joy and peace of mind during rainy days. We're kind of like that. We oh, I love the rain. We don't really mind the rain. Like, uh, There's something to be said about being nice and cozy in your home while it's raining outside and not really feeling like you really need to get out there in the world and do stuff yeah you're right well and things look a little different a little bit more beautiful in the rain and yeah. uh, it's quite romantic i think so pluviophile is the definition for this episode and not murdery at all and last time i was in the rain it was not joyful no, and peaceful you were pretty but, stressed you got home we <laughs> but i made it home yeah you, you made it home unscathed and and uh you know that guy was probably harmless but you always got to be on your toes for things like that. Well, that's right. right. 99% of the time, it wouldn't result in anything, but you don't know. And so that's why you prepare. You got to take it safe. So one of the things is when you do encounter a situation like that and you are walking home is to make sure you have your keys ready to get your door unlocked quickly and have a a look around. Make sure there isn't somebody immediately behind you. I think this is good practice whenever you're entering your home. Mm -hmm. Make sure there isn't anybody immediately around you that can push you into the door and lock it behind you. Check your surroundings, open the door quickly, get inside and and relock behind you. Make sure you stay safe. I it's think sad. women are often more conscious of this in general. Yeah, than that's what men. I was just gonna say. I said it's sad that this that this concern mostly falls upon the female population that they that they have to be worried about men like that is horrible. Well, and I think it's it's really something that's ingrained in women from an early age. I mm-hmm. remember my father telling me very early on that if I'm walking by myself to put my keys out through my in between my fingers. Yeah. So that it's like a, you know, a you have to take a, a weapon sw- if you need yeah, to. If you have to take a swing at somebody and it's something I still do. Yeah. Uh, something very easy to do. Usually have a, a key ring on you, so just yeah. put your keys out through your fingers. So if you have to take a swipe at somebody, you can take a, a pretty good chunk out of their face if you need to. Yeah. Another thing uh, I remember my father telling me that women often wear high heels. And so if you are, you know, in a parking lot or, or somewhere and you grab from behind, having heels on and stomping on a foot is something that can create a lot of injury for your attacker. And chances are you'll be able to escape, you know, just doing something like that. So it's just being aware of, of some of the weapons that we have on our person you all the time. You can take those high heels off and start swinging them around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. You know? There's, there's a, yeah, I think it was like single white female. I saw <laughs> something along those lines. So, uh, but you know, it's, it is something to be cautious of. And one of the things that women often do, and I know I do this is if an elevator door opens and there's only one person on it and maybe somebody who you consider threatening, trust your gut and don't get in, wait for the next ride. Let them know you're waiting for somebody or, or whatever. You don't even need to make an excuse. Just skip that elevator ride. Because once you're in an elevator, you're also in a contained space and, uh, and quite vulnerable. 
Again, something that uh, probably most times it would never be an issue, but why take the chance? It's known that women are particularly vulnerable, but anybody is. So I think these tips apply to to just about anyone. I think it's really important to be like, you know, very vigilant with these things, especially when you're in some place that's very unfamiliar with you. Like if you're in, if you're traveling and you're in another city and stuff like that, you, you don't know who's around you. I mean, you don't know who's around you when you're home either, but like really you just kind of Well, you don't know the particularly uh, the, the particularly risky areas in an unknown city too. I remember yeah. us being in Brooklyn and coming up out of the subway on Flatbush. Yes, and that's right. Realizing very quickly that we were in a an area that was high risk, particularly yeah. for tourists. And the two of us put up our hoods. We had hoodies on and, and yeah. really just started to bolt down the sidewalk, looking like we, we belonged, although I, I don't think we pulled it off yeah. that well. We still look like tourists. That was tourists, a but incubator of action. That, that little walk was so many things happened. We saw a guy wipe out on his bike. We saw a guy hit another person's car as he was trying to park. Uh, the police had somebody at gunpoint. And what we did is we actually, there was a woman with a, a baby carriage. We stopped to ask directions to where we were going because we wanted to make sure yeah. at least we were going in the right direction on the street. Uh, I think at another point, we popped into a cell phone store and yeah. asked directions of staff, which are both you know good ways. Don't just approach someone on the sidewalk. Pick yeah. somebody who is non-threatening. Remember the guy chastised us for coming all the way from Queens to Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. He was just like, what are you doing here? Like, It's not that far, pal. Like, you've never... Yeah, anyway, I just never understood that. They, people just stay in their own spot in the boroughs. Here's one I hadn't thought about that I came across online was a, a tip around when you're at a dealership and you're dropping off your car, they'll laugh and, well, they need your keys. Yeah. I know I, I always take off only my car key, but there are some people that'll just hand over their full key ring if they don't need any of the other keys for the day. And that can be a mistake. Yeah. You know, particularly if, if uh, somebody has the foresight to make a copy of your house key or your office key the chances are they would have your address on their records at the dealership so just something to be you know be wary of just take the key uh that's take one the key chain I with you and leave them the ca- one car key that they would need. have thought that's one i've never no i wouldn't of. have thought either and a lot of the those places are set up to make keys so it's very easy for a copy of a key to be made and then somebody has direct access to your personal space Another one is just around the unlocking of your doors. I always think to lock my door back up immediately after I get in. But when you're using a key fob, if you press it once, most key fobs will unlock only the driver's door. But if you you press it multiple times, Mm -hmm. it'll unlock all the doors. Well, if you're driving by yourself, only unlock the driver's door. That'll avoid Uh, somebody being able to slide into the passenger seat or into the back seat uh, very quickly and... Just hit, hit that in. once, right? Hit it once. Hit it once, get into the car and lock it straight behind you rather than, you know, get tied up with putting keys into the ignition and putting your seatbelt on. Just go ahead and get the door locked I back guess the up. quickest way to get it locked up again would be just to do it manually because it's right there. As soon as you close the door, you can just... Yes, definitely. Well, and with our car anyway. You know, we've had a carjacking in our own city recently, so it's not unheard of to be carjacked. And having your doors locked, even as you're driving, is important, particularly if you're in an urban environment where you'll be stopped at intersections Mm -hmm. or traffic lights. Those are all uh, areas where you're vulnerable to being carjacked. So keep that door locked. And also give a glance into your back seat. If you happen to be somebody who doesn't routinely lock their door when they leave their their car, then make sure that you check your back seat. Make sure you know that there isn't somebody in there waiting. I don't think many people actually do that, but you always see that. That's sort of like a a trope in uh, movies where 
someone will get in their car and they'll start it up and then someone just pops their head I, up from it's the true. But that doesn't really happen in real life, I don't think, too often. No, I wouldn't think it does. Again, it's something that can happen. One of the one of the ways that you can help avoid that is also to park your car in a well lit area. Even in a large parking lot, there will often be areas that are lit up. If you park it under a light, one thing is it's easier for you to find, but it's also less of a target for people to burglarize your your vehicle or to uh, to launch an attack. I'm just thinking that maybe it's the person from the dealership who made copies of your keys and got into your car as you're driving off the dealership, and then they pop up and like ha ha ha. Gotcha. Yeah, you've got this really all figured out. <laughs> oh God, I don't want to give people ideas. <laughs> Jeff's got Jeff's got a full on plan here. <laughs> it's my imagination, baby. Know how to escape from a trunk. I remember watching an Oprah Winfrey episode years ago, and that was one of the things they went over. And you can YouTube this. I won't go through the different ways, but a lot of it can be even just knowing how to uh, pull the wires for the taillights and access those because that can prompt a police vehicle to pull over a car if the taillights are out, if you're not able to completely get out of the trunk. I wonder if this is mostly, though, with older style, older model cars, you know? Well, I think it's good to know your own car. Yeah. I mean, that's chances are that would be... We wouldn't... I mean, we got a hatchback, so it's not going to be easy. You know, it's not a trunk. It is a trunk, but it's not a trunk. Well, yeah. yeah I know what you... Okay, I know there you, you If you really want to be forward-thinking, just don't <laughs> even have a car with a trunk. Just don't... Yeah. Just have a hatchback or a convertible. But if you there happen you to be thrown into somebody else's trunk, it's good to know. And the it, other thing is, is pay attention to what's parked around your vehicle when you're getting back. If there is a van that's parked on your driver's side... And, you know, trust your gut. Yeah. It's okay to go back into a gas station and ask uh, one of the store attendants to walk with you to your vehicle because you feel unsafe. There are people available to do that. And you shouldn't feel strange about asking for help. Make it's, sure you pick the right gas attendant, though, because they could be on, they could be on a mission as well. Well, They could yeah. just throw you into the car and take off. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, what? there was, in, speaking of asking for help, years ago I worked for a call center and I would often work the late shift. And one of my male co workers, who I knew really well and trusted, of course, he offered to uh, walk me to my vehicle. And no word of a lie, the very next day, uh, we heard of an assault in the same parking lot where I had parked my vehicle. Really? So I was thankful that I was took yeah. him up on the offer, even though I'm off, sometimes reluctant to get help. I knew it was a little bit out you of his way. You never told me that story. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, it happened down by the railroad tracks. Down by the railroad <laughs> tracks. That's where all sinister things happen. Well, that's the thing. I think that we we do th- we don't think that these things happen aside from on television or in made-for-TV movies, but they absolutely do. You know, uh, I remember being a kid and having a car pull over and offering me a drive. It was a nice summer day. Uh, I also remember I was on the main happening. street of my hometown. I lived out in the country. They pulled over, offered me a drive. I pointed to a very close house and said, I'm actually going straight there, and ran ran away, never got close to the vehicle. They had just yeah. rolled down the window and sort of yelled it out at me. But Single hap- male driver? It happens. I mean, if I had taken that drive, I may yeah. not be here today. Was it just the single male it driver? It was a single yeah. male driver. He said it was a hot day, you need to drive, and I was, I was quite young. I was probably only 11 or 12. Yeah, crazy. I, I was offered a drive. It was pouring rain, and I was hitchhiking, and... Yeah, that's Someone. another one. Don't ever hitchhike. <laughs> <laughs> I hitchhiked a lot back in the If you're day. offered a drive yeah. when you're hitchhiking, though, isn't that 
the whole intent of yeah, the hiking? Yeah, you would think, right? But then <laughs> it stopped and the guy looked really like freaky, like exactly like the guy you would expect to look that was just going to like do horrible things to you. And I just was like, no, thank you. I was just, I was, I just got soaked and waited another hour for a drive. Well, as I said, our, our gut is our best indicator of danger. It's gambling, though. Really, even like hitchhiking. Either oh, way, oh yeah, no, I never hitchhike. <laughs> I can't even believe that you told that oh, story. Oh, I hitchhike so much, man. Especially yeah. through British Columbia. Okay, no, don't listeners don't ever do that. Yeah, We're, worst the, idea in the it world. Was a different world then. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. There just wasn't social media. We didn't hear about all the people who. Uh, there was one time I just can tell a quick story. There was one time I got picked up hitchhiking in like a, a, a little camper, like on the back of a pickup truck kind of thing, and they, I got into. There was no no place to sit in the actual truck, so I got into the back of the camper van, and it was it. it <laughs> this got sounds to, so listen to this murdery. though. I got picked up and. Uh, they went like right pretty much to their house and then like they forgot that I was out there. They thought that they forgot that I was there and went into their home. Really? And then like there's, they're, yep. Then they're Were like, you asleep? their son. No, I was just like, I thought that like, you know, they pulled over, stopped. I thought that they were just going to get out and pull and get, get me out of the back. They just pulled over, stopped and went into their home like quickly. And I was just like, I couldn't get out. So, like, how are you still alive? I don't know. Uh, but it, what happened was, is uh, the like the son or whatever, the younger guy that comes out of the house uh, on and got his bicycle. And then I was like banging on the walls of the camper van to let me out. And he's like, oh, we forgot all about you. Oh, my God. It didn't, you couldn't unlock it from the inside? I don't think so. I don't remember being able to. This is, you're, lu- you're lucky. Yeah. They could have murdered you so easily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't anyway, you get a hitchhiking? Was, was it you that got a hit picked up in a limo? Yes, on my birthday, and I had like twenty bucks in my pocket. Yeah, on my birthday, and then the guy's like, "Oh, make yourself a drink." He he was like a limo driver, and he was on his way back home. After, make yourself like, a drink that day. I just slipped some roofies into. Yeah, well, that was just a really <laughs> nice drink. Looking out of the window, nice uh, British Columbia fresh air, sunny day on my birthday in a limo. That never happens. No. Anyway, that's not suspicious at all. I know. Anyway, <laughs> come into my limo with the back seat and enough the with tinted Jeff's windows. hitchhiking stories. <laughs> I know this is going to be a two-parter. I can see because I get a lot of great stuff on here that I want to uh, share. I'm looking at my notes here. One of them is if you're a runner or a walker and you're sharing your or roots, a crawler. If you're sharing your roots online, be very aware of how widely you're sharing that because people can easily monitor what your roots are and what your routine is. Unbelievable if, because I'm rife for being murdered because I run the same route every time. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people do, but I mean, if you're if you're conscious of your social media settings and who you're sharing it with, then it's probably not as big of a risk. But if you're sharing it more widely, if you're not, uh, not monitoring how yeah. you have your privacy settings set up, be aware that people can definitely look at your route, look at your patterns, know what time of day you're going for your runs. It's essentially a guide of how to find you. And don't use you the, that tracking thing on facebook where it says oh amy checked in at uh, this coffee shop right now you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes it's like don't let the murderers know where you are in real time <laughs> just make them work for it at least um when walking alone you know it's, it's not a good idea to wear headphones with volume turned up really loud where you can't hear what's going on in your surroundings now i'll often I, i'm a, a big pedestrian i walk most places because we live in the city and 
I will wear headphones more so just to deter people from starting up conversations with right. me, which is, it's very effective. You know, it's easy to ignore somebody. If you have headphones on, they'll just think you can't hear them instead of yelling after you that you're True. being rude. But um, make sure you don't have your volume up so high that you can't hear if someone's coming up behind you and or traffic for that matter. Yeah, I, I uh, it's funny because uh, you mentioned that I always wear I always listen to headphones when I'm on my way back from jamming with my band at like one o'clock in the morning. I never think of that, but you're right. Like you shouldn't, I, I have it pretty loud because I'm just like, you know, got the so basically someone could be walking home. Yeah, breathing someone, down your neck before you would yeah, know they were there. And I wouldn't even know that they were there. I couldn't hear their feet scuffling or anything like you do in the movies. What was that? <laughs> turn, me, <laughs> turn behind. It's just a cat. Well, kind of if someone does approach you uh, on the sidewalk, often we have, you know, panhandlers, I know in our area and probably most cities, one of the things that I, a response that I will give is that I just, I don't carry money. Oh yeah. And the reason I say that is word travels fast among groups that do panhandle and they know who is going to hand out money and who isn't. And particularly if you're alone, it's not really safe to, to try to help out. Yeah. And if you start spreading the word that you're somebody who carries cash, that's also not a great situation. So simply saying you don't carry money mm-hmm. is incredibly effective. I rarely get asked, despite passing a lot of the same areas on my daily routes. I rarely get asked now because I've said that to just a few key people and word is spread and they know that I'm not somebody who's going to hand out change. Yeah. And it's also, you know, if somebody were thinking of ever mugging you, and they, they think that you They'd don't like, have anything whoa, on wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. She was the one that said she had no money. <laughs> Back away. Leave her alone. <laughs> well, and it's not unusual for people to say, I don't carry cash. No, A lot of people are dealing true. with plastic, and, you know, yeah. credit cards, debit cards. So... It's yeah, definitely not unusual. Also, when you're walking, if you're walking on a sidewalk, be aware of how closely you're walking to alleys or uh, perhaps bushed or treed areas, or even buildings that have doors very close to the sidewalk. And you know, scoot out a little bit. Dark Give yourself a, a little a little bit of a berth so that you can't easily be be hauled into one of those spaces. If you are driving, and I'm kind of get going a little rapid fire here, but if you're driving in your being pulled over by the police, it's okay to ensure that you're in a well-lit area before you pull over. By law? I don't know if it is by law, but I think it would be something that's easily defendable. I mean, we've had yeah. incidents of people uh, personate, impersonating police uh, to yeah. complete, you know, uh, and devastating outcomes with that. I think it's it's perfectly something that's acceptable or at least something you could easily explain uh, why you would wait until you were at a gas station. You know, you're not engaging in a high speed chase here. You're just continuing to drive until you're in a safe area to be able to pull over and uh, perhaps, you know, have a little bit more visibility around your vehicle. If you are home, never let strange people into your home. I know this sounds strange, but a lot of people are getting deliveries now more so than ever. And they get a knock on the door and they open the door. And, you know, it's if it's somebody you're expecting, a service call, uh, then it, that's one thing. But if you open the door and all of a sudden it's somebody who you thought maybe was doing a delivery and it becomes quite apparent that they're not, be be okay with closing the door immediately and, mm-hmm. and locking it back up. And I've actually, one of the things that I've done before when somebody put a foot into the door was uh, I actually yelled back over my shoulder and yelled a man's name and said, you know, I think so. And I think there's somebody here for you. And essentially sh- sending the message to the person in the doorway 
that I wasn't home by myself, that there was a, a male present oh, in yeah. the building or in, in the home with me. And uh, it ended up being nothing. Why would someone put their foot in the door? Well, they had just kind of came into the entrance a little bit. Oh, they didn't know that. No, it, and they were, it wasn't intentional, perhaps. I think. They, okay. It was probably a, a rainy day or something. And okay. they were just, you know, put their came in a little bit. And it was in the entrance way. Okay. And by yelling over my shoulder that, you yeah. know. It, it was enough just in case something came up. <laughs> they they would have thought there was somebody else in the house with yeah. me. Because it's quite easy, again, to be pushed into a home and the door locked and then you're in a very isolated area. We talked about walking and driving. I just want to focus a little bit on at night. You know, make sure that you are in a high traffic area, if at all possible, a well-lit area. Even a place that can seem familiar during the day can be a very different place at night. You can have different people around. Make sure if you do need to walk by yourself that you also let somebody know where you're going, Mm -hmm. what your route is going to be. I had the unfortunate experience of having a stalker for almost a year when I was younger. And I don't think that that's, uh, you know, I'm not alone in that. I think a lot of people have gone through that. Stalking is real. It, it is. And, and it was a really scary time for me. And that was something I had to be conscious of. I had to make sure that people were aware of my whereabouts all the time, you know, and it was, there was, you know, I was chasing a car with being tailgated and, you know, um, not fun, a dead rabbit, the whole, whole nine yards. And for me, ultimately it took a, you know, a visit from the police to the person to, to get things to stop. But I think when you're in a situation like that, if you're going through a stalking situation, don't hesitate to contact the police. If nothing else, it can open a file. You may think it's something... Puts them on the police's radar. It does. And it may seem mild to you. It may start out mild, but things can progress and escalate very quickly. So if you are ever in experience where... You know, it could be somebody you you know and, you know, uh, uh, from an ex-relationship or it could be somebody that just comes out of the blue. Uh, yeah. You never know what the nature may be, but don't hesitate to contact the police to have that uh, on their radar. And that way, if you do need to make a call, they're already aware of the situation. Really don't hesitate to call the police in any of these situations. If you're walking home and you feel like you're being followed, call well, the police. That's what the police are for. That's what they're for. Uh, if you... Particularly if you know if you live alone and you're going out, maybe let a friend or family member know when you're intending to be back home and mm-hmm. let them know you're going to send them a quick text. Otherwise, you could be gone an entire night without anybody discovering that you've been missing until the next day. Yeah. When you are walking around, be sure to walk confidently. You know, look look like you know the area. Don't yeah. look uncertain. Don't ask random people on the street for directions. Just walk with that air of confidence and that can deter a lot of people. Beware of people who come across as being, you know, a needy stranger, someone who's looking for help. If your gut's telling you that this seems a little bit off, offer to call the police for them or offer to call somebody else to provide them with assistance and keep your distance to avoid uh, engaging in anything that uh, could put you in harm's way. Really, a lot of this you know, is, is is kind of common sense and being aware of your surroundings. We'll, we'll it is, mitigate but we a can, lot of Sometimes of our compassion uh, can get the best of us, and mm-hmm. we'll, then we all of a sudden we'll throw that to the wind and, yeah. and put ourselves in harm's way. It's okay to be impolite sometimes. It's yeah. not the end of the world. Uh, you know, you, I think you should run through what Even the alternative could be in, in your mind. And when you start to think about those worst-case scenarios, it, it helps you get into the frame of mind of, you know what? I'm not going to risk it. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, again, you can offer to make a call from a distance if they need if they need a, a call made for for an ambulance or or for the police. But you, you don't need to go run up and offer your help uh, in in a situation where you feel like you may be in harm's way. Right. So I do have lots of other great. Maybe a part tour. I think it's going to be a part tour. So we'll save the takeaway for the part two. What do you think? Well, actually, oh, no, I'll give you a quick a quick takeaway for this one would be right. to have. You know, a rape whistle, uh, some sort yep. of quick alarm. Things like bear spray and pepper spray aren't legal everywhere. So you may want to look into whether or not that's legal to carry in your area. Right. But having a, a high-pitched alarm can be a, enough that will scare somebody off. Yes. And and I just want to say, regardless of who you are, whether you appear to be somebody who may be uh, more vulnerable, people who are a smaller stature or those who are more vulnerable... We are all at risk. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, There can be multiple people uh, who are in an attack situation. There could be weapons involved. So it's important to be vigilant regardless of of who you are. Be aware. Be aware and uh, stay tuned for part two because lots of more tips. More tips on how not to get murdered. How not to get murdered indeed. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe to keep up with what's new. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And why not leave a review? You can also follow InfoQuench on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Till Til next time. time.